Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 109 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I am here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks for tuning in and being here. I really do appreciate you listening to the show. This episode first aired on Thursday, the 23rd of August, 2018. It was episode 50, and I thought I would revisit it for a couple of reasons. One, I just haven't had time to get a new episode down to you guys over the last couple of weeks. I've just been super busy. And two, it was a really good episode back in the day, and um, it came across really well. You guys seem to like it. If you haven't heard it before, it'll be a great opportunity to hear it again. And it's with Nathan the Lizard McComb, founder and owner of Enduro Malaga. Now, it's a great episode, Nathan. Such a good guy. Nathan has been a member of the Fighters First Tracks race team, managed by Glenn O'Brien for a number of years, and we chat about how he got involved with the Vitus team and how he managed, with a little race experience, to be consistently standing on the podium. Nathan is originally from Castle Welland, County Down, but has been living in Malaga, Spain for the last number of years. Nathan is well known, of course, for his trial style and antics on a mountain bike, um, and after watching lots of Nathan's videos on YouTube, I was very, very happy to get him on the podcast and uh, if you're a part of the Irish scene you will know Nathan well without a shadow of a doubt he's such a character and the stuff he gets up to on a mountain bike is pretty much breathtaking so it was great to get Nathan on the show and it was great to revisit the episode and have another listen to it myself so thanks so much for Nathan for doing this initially and uh, thanks guys for tuning in once again to this week's MTB Tribe podcast so all I got to do as always is just let Nathan do the talking and welcome, Nathan, to the MTB Tribe Podcast. Hi, Nathan. Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast. How's things with you, bud? How are you getting on? Not too bad, guys. Getting on pretty good here. Um, absolutely crazy times at the minute, trying to get everything sorted business-wise here in Malaga. But uh, it's good to find a wee bit of time here to get on the show. Thanks very much for having me. No, no uh, not a problem. It's been it's been great. I've, I've had uh, some good fun listening to some of the episodes with some of the lads back at home, <laughs> hearing, hearing all the stories, and I can relate to most of them. So, <laughs> uh, I think your name was kept out of some of them, to be honest. Right, right. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. <laughs> um, I and you touched on your you're in Malaga there, and you're opening a business, and it's the Enduro Malaga it's a guiding business you're doing. We'll touch that's on that good. a wee bit later because I want to get into that with you. Not a bother, bud. Not a bother. Um, but just out of curiosity, first of all, tell me about the photo um, of you on a large cliff face that won an award. How did that come about? Yes. That come about one a very uh, not planned at all. It uh, it come about. I was working one evening and uh, I got a I got a, a text from uh, Dermot Sweeney. It was an absolutely amazing day. You know, you can imagine a summer's day at home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was away across the other side of the country working away. And uh, Dermot sent me a message saying, "Oh, here, do I want to go up and take a few uh, a few photos up in the morns?" And uh, I done absolutely everything I could to get back. And I tell you one thing: if uh, if if the if the speed cameras had been out that day, it'd have been, <laughs> it'd have been done a few times. <laughs> but uh, we got we got back over anyway. Myself and Dermot Sweeney we hiked up the mountain, and uh, yeah, it was 
it was great. We got a couple of different shots. It wasn't just that one specifically. We were looking to try to get a couple of like sunset shots, kind of more silhouette um, which if you go back and look at his albums from that night, there, there's a couple of other really cool photos. But just while we were waiting for the sun to kind of get in the right place, we decided to have a wee, a wee play about on, on a wee wall ride. Um, and yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting much from it, but uh, the just the way Dermot's Dermot's photos uh, come about, it uh, it was it just turned out amazing. Um, I don't know how many times I had people you know commenting and saying, oh, that's that that must be photoshopped out there. That that's crazy. <laughs> But uh, it's it's amazing what you can do whenever you have an eye like Dermot Sweeney and you you just get the right angles, you know. Yeah, and he won an award off the back of that or something. Did indeed that that year uh, we won the Outsider or is it Outsider magazine award for uh, the for the sports outdoor sports uh, class. So it was uh, it was a nice wee bonus. We even got picture picture of the day on pink bike, and I'm quite certain we were runner up photo of the month that that month on uh, with pink bike. So awesome. uh, and and it keeps it keeps popping up all over the place. Um, I, I, I keep seeing it on a couple of wee websites, and you know it's just that wee thing. It just catches your eye and go, oh, "There's that photo. <laughs> How did that get there?" You know. Yeah, I think that one will be about for a long time. It's it's a pretty amazing photo. I'd say so. I'd say so. It was just uh, the 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 conditions were just perfect and, and everything. And um, we even tried to Vitus wanted us to to recreate the shot. Um, this time it uh, was with Warren from Industry Images. Um, and we, we were up, but it, it was a it was a cloudier, more dull day. And uh, we got we got the same sort of photo, but it was a diff, a different atmosphere. Um, I still still came out really really good, and even uh, Warren entered it for a couple of uh, photo competition in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm quite certain it, it, it won its category there as well. Um, so just just that there kind of just the setup there, you know, it was uh, it was it was absolutely amazing. But we'll have to we we'll have to give it to Dermot Sweeney. He's the one that spotted it first. So yeah, good luck. <laughs> good lad. All right, now I hear people calling you um, the lizard. Oh, yes. <laughs> this uh, this conversation has come up a few times this week already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how did that how did that come about? Oh well, I guess it, it all. We'll, we'll keep it with the, the clean version. Uh, and uh, it all come about the first the first year that I that I was uh, racing back at home, which would be three or four seasons ago now. Um, I had basically just popped onto the scene out of nowhere, um, and uh, I come about and I was riding uh, a green YT Capra, and I had green shorts and a green jersey and green goggles, just green everything. Like I was just favorite color, and everything I had was going with that. Um, and I suppose between that and the way. I suppose a lot of the people they see me hanging around on hanging about on rocks, kind of basking in the sun, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know hopping around doing all the trialsy stuff. Um, I think it was only it was only natural that somebody would have would have come up with a, a funny nickname. But um, yeah, we were we were standing down around uh, down in Carrick, down around a campfire one night, and it was uh, it was Gareth Kerr from Belfast. He was down with us and. 
he likes to kind of have a laugh and take the mick out of, out of everybody in every way he can. And uh, next thing, he, he seen me bending over backwards the way I do to kind of, I suppose, sort my back out a wee bit <laughs> if, if it's feeling a bit stiff. And he says, look at him, he's like a wee bendy lizard. <laughs> and we were just, we're, I guess we were just amongst the wrong, well, I say the wrong, maybe the right uh, the, the right group of people. That that was it. The, the nickname just stuck. You can imagine... Glenn O'Brien, he just wouldn't drop it after that. <laughs> oh man, that's I. You know, you don't have to be there to see that. You know. <laughs> oh god, you can imagine the lads just uh, standing around the campfire, like you know, taking the mick out of each other, and yeah, that's yeah. that's what come out of it. <laughs> awesome. Well, here let's let's talk about your your trials because did mm. you? Is it true that you came from motor trials? It is indeed. That was what I first started out with. Um, but between, well, I guess, I mean, I was riding bicycles before that, but not not riding bikes as we know it, you know, it, well, it was just as a kid, you know, maybe riding around the streets as, as we, you know, as, as everybody kind of does, it's their, their first source of freedom, you know, mm-hmm. um, but but motorbike trials is where I, I first got into the, sort of my love for two wheels. Yeah, and what made you go down that direction? What, what pulled you towards motor trials? Uh, it was actually it was actually my uncle that got me into it. Uncle Charlie, I'm sure a fair few people all know Uncle Charlie that, that listen to the podcast. Um, he's he's always he's always about at all of the races and stuff at home. Uh, you'd usually find him around Castle Wellen riding about the trails, you know. Um, but no, he he was in the end of his motorbike trials for for many 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 years. You know, going going way back, I guess to probably the the, the late eighties or nineties. You know. Um, so yeah, I guess whenever whenever I got kind of old enough to to start riding riding the motorbikes, he he got me into it, and I started kind of. I was only really going down to try it out once a month, you know, for just the weekend. I would go down to his house in Bangor, and we'd uh, we'd get the motorbikes out and go to the local the local place, it's the the lead mines in Nittenards, um, which is quite a legendary place for trials. It's held world championships in the past, you know. Mm. Back in the day. But uh, yeah, was, I spent most of my time there. Then you know, any any weekends that I could possibly get down to down to his place to go out and ride the bikes and have some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, that was where we spent it. And what age were you then, Nathan? I'd say I was kind of ten, coming eleven, whenever whenever I first done that. Because before that, I was I lived in I did live in Spain when I was younger. Uh, for four years so that was from I was about six to I was about ten and then as soon as we moved home um, that was I kind of got in, got into it pretty much right away then yeah cool and did you compete in mobile trials did indeed I ended up I probably done four or five years of full Ulster and Irish championships so that was pretty much meant that there was a competition every weekend um, and we were up, up and down the country and all around the place. And saying that, I did, I'd, I'd maybe ridden uh, for maybe a year or two years before I started competing. Uh, but you know, just just playing around at the weekends and trying. That was the thing because, uh, unlike a lot of people that that, that kind of are into the sport, um, we didn't really have anywhere to practice other than the lead mines in Nards. So I wasn't able. To, I wasn't on the bike. Uh, every single weekend or every chance I could get um, it was only really the once a month so it probably took me about the two years to develop the skills um, that 
otherwise I guess I would have developed a lot quicker if I could have had the the time on the bike you know yeah yeah and like you're still not that old what age are you Nathan do you mind me asking I am 23 coming 24 this October I oh, you see you're only a young buck so you were what how long ago was that you'd have been doing that then I'd say yeah that would have been about thir- 13 years ago then I started um and then and then yeah so sort of I'd say two years before before starting to compete and then sort of four or five years where I was I was up and down the country competing every weekend you know so there was there was race meets every weekend um so tell us a wee bit about that scene just briefly is it was it a popular scene or still is or um uh, trials it's a it's a funny one it uh kind of comes comes and goes you know um i think there's a lot of people who kind of describe it as a a bunch of farmers playing motorbikes in a field you know (laughs) Uh, i guess that's kind of the way it was whenever it it started out but um the scene within ireland it's it's pretty small it's uh it's a lot smaller than the mountain biking scene is now anyway um you know, it's it's more of a family really than anything. Uh, every right. kind of everybody knows everybody, and uh, you know ev- everybody's really friendly. It's probably one of the most friendly motorsports there there is out there. Um, and yeah, it was it was really great fun because you were always going to the same venues, and it was always the same people every weekend. Well, not the same venues, but everybody was going to the the same venues together. You know. Yeah. So, so it was it was good because you were seeing everybody each each weekend. You know, it was uh, you, yeah, it was just just a big one big family. You know. Mm, cool. And is it expensive? Is it like motocross? Is it an expensive game to be involved in? You know what? It's uh, it's probably one of the cheapest motorsports there is out there. Um, I mean, other other than the costs of of actually buying a bike, um, which to be honest, if you think of uh, the cost of a mountain bike you probably get a you probably get a half decent or a brand new trials bike for the same price you know yeah <laughs> but, um yeah it's it's i'd say it's it's cheap enough because realistically you, you don't you're not you're not breaking as many parts as you would on a on a motocross bike or you know you're not changing tires as often and it, it doesn't use up quite as much fuel mm-hmm. uh, and to top it all off the the entries are actually pretty cheap as well it's uh it's funny i'd say it's and within the uk anyway it's i'd say it was it would have been born around yorkshire you know so you can, you can imagine how the how, how a bunch of yorkshire men are you know try to keep it as, as uh inexpensive yeah. as possible <laughs> yeah yeah right so that's cool uh, that's very interesting so you you stopped your trials um and get into mountain biking was there any reason you stopped the trial racing um, it, it's, it, it certainly wasn't for a lack of love of it because I was having great fun at it every weekend and I was, you know, on, on the competitive side of things, you know, I was, you know, I would have been kind of getting, getting pretty good results, um, at the time. So I'd say it, it was more because in between the trials sort of during the week, I was always playing around on bicycles and hopping about you know it's it started off from uh you know a wee a wee hard tail mountain bike that i was hopping about on and then I, I finally was able to save up enough money and get a wee trials bicycle you know that was specific for what i was doing mm-hmm. um and i would i would have always been i guess I, I'd, I'd finish school and run home and 
tell my mum and dad that I had no homework to do and uh, go and <laughs> grab the bicycle and get back up into the town, you know. Um, and there I would practice about and hopping up on walls and, you know, over over time, because it was at that pretty much every day, um, the skills developed a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually got to the point where I was good enough on a bicycle to start performing for a local trials display team, uh, which is uh, Trial Star, and they do they they do shows all over Ireland, across the UK, and they've even done <laughs> they've even done a show in Malta. Oh wow! Uh, right, so all the way down where you are. But yeah, so uh, eventually it, I, I, it got to the point where I was I was basically getting paid to ride my bike, you know. So. Um, I guess that that was how the the competition stopped on the motorbike. Um, was just if I kind of thought, well, if I'm gonna go and get a wee bit of money here to hop around on my bike, um, there's no point in trying to compete for a series if I'm gonna miss three or four rounds of the series because I'm doing doing demos, you know. Yeah. So it, it was just a natural thing. It meant I was able to go and maybe do a show on a Saturday, but then on the Sunday I could go and ride mountain bikes with friends, you know. Hi, cool. And do the do the trials riders do that? Do they practice on on bikes like that? Yeah, you get a, a lot of the top top world riders. You, you'd find uh, some of them some of them used to have maybe a, a world championship bicycle trials uh, title under their belts. You know, from whenever they were younger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, or yeah, you see see a lot of them at, at a really young age. You know, even whenever you go to the likes of a, a world trials championship now, especially here in Spain. Um, you'd see around uh, around the pits and around the paddock, you'd see lots of wee kids hopping about on on trials bicycles, you know, and that's that's really the future of the sport, I guess, right there. They're they're learning they're they're learning the key skills on the bicycles and bringing them onto the motorbikes. Whereas I kind of done it the opposite way about, started <laughs> on the motorbikes and brought it on the bicycles. <laughs> I well, it shows in some of your videos. I must say, it's some of the stuff you're doing is pretty crazy. Um, yeah. Good fun. <laughs> yeah, no, certainly. So you get into mountain biking. Um, so how did you? You're originally from Newcastle, is that right? Yeah, Newcastle, Castle Allen area. I, I, I suppose whenever we moved back from Spain, um, I spent most of my time around Castle Allen, and that's where I went to went to school and stuff was in Castle Allen. So it was, uh, I'd say that's where I'm from. You know. Okay, cool. And how did you drop in with the local guys there? How did you get involved? Um, I guess, it, well, put it this way, it certainly wasn't uh, wasn't from a very young age. Um, whenever I was, I was probably in in secondary school there. Um, I had kind of met a, a few friends that that rode locally, um, but by no means would we, have, you know, would we have been hanging out with the the, the, the pro riders or even really have, you know, other than. Maybe the odd whisper of their name, you know, and thinking like, yeah. "Oh my God, he's so fast! How does he do that?" You know, um, we 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 just kind of kept ourselves to ourselves for for a long time, and you know, went up and built our own tracks uh, up in Castle Allen. Well, I guess some of the, the the natural unofficial ones, you know, that you yeah. that you you get into as you as a kid, you know, you go up and you you start building a few jumps and you go and ride it on your bike, you know. Um, and a lot of them, a lot of them have, have been sort of covered up over the years due to deforestation and stuff like that. But uh, there's a, there's a lot of them are, are, are still about. 
Um, for example, the likes of uh, Stage Four in uh, at Castle Allen this year. Um, that that's a the top half of that trail. Probably myself and one of my best friends. We we opened that up maybe maybe eight or nine years ago. Uh, mm. It's it's pretty cool to see you know the the development of a trail over those years. You know and. Uh, how it changes from you know a wee a wee line that you're, you're trying to skid in on your bike to you know a really well ridden track with you know various line line choices down it so mm-hmm. it's pretty cool but yeah we kept ourselves to ourselves and uh, I'd say it wasn't really until I'd started racing that uh, you know I started to kind of befriend a lot more people within the mountain bike community and kind of get to know who was who and. Um, you know, other than the, the the real locals, the likes of J Mac would have been a, a a local superstar to us back then. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I I actually more knew the other side of his his family through through his cousins. You know, I knew I knew them because they they're sort of born and bred in Castlewell, um, and also have have ridden trials and stuff for years as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but but yeah, I guess that was kind of how I got to know J Mac and sort of started a bit of a friendship through that yeah uh good fella to know indeed <laughs> was. good lad uh, i trying to stay on his tail wouldn't be easy i would say yeah. uh, but it was funny because j mike was saying because he's been on the podcast as you know and and yep. he he's come from a motocross background onto mountain bikes and he was saying that it helped him a lot uh just with his mm. speed and everything else do you find the same that your trials background has helped you just naturally progress onto the mountain bike i definitely find it helps with the skills side of things um trials it isn't really a fast sport so mm. i wouldn't i wouldn't really say it helps with the speed um it certainly helped my development i think as i was younger because the the bikes are they're they're pretty heavy, you know, and you're 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 balancing the bikes and trying to hop them about and pull them and maneuver them and lift them up over obstacles, you know. Um, even though there's a, a a big engine there to help you, it's um, they're, they're still a big brute of a thing, you know. Um, so I, I wouldn't really say the trials help me with the speed because I would say it's the the downhill help me with the speed. Um, but I would certainly say trials is the best way to get into any sort of two-wheel sport if you want to become a good technical rider and um, really, really excel at, at you know, bike handling skills. Because um, I, I always say to people whenever I'm coaching or, you know, if people are ever asking me any advice is – if you want to learn to do something fast, first you have to learn how to do it slow. So um, definitely, I'd say the trials helps with your with your bike handling skills for sure. Mm, yeah, I can certainly see how that would how that would definitely help. You know, and then you could progress that into speed and with practice, you know, get better and better yeah. at speed. Of course, that's it. I mean, it's it's kind of the way. If there's if there's any way, if you're used to Ride, you know, riding uh, towards a, you know, a wee a curb like you know, like a anything between a curb and you know maybe a wall that is about maybe a a foot high, you know, if if you start riding along into that and try to get the bike up onto it smoothly, 
um, you know, you start to build the muscle memory and get the get the technique right for hopping up onto it. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're confident that you can get up on and get over it without hitting it and, and crashing, then you can start to build up doing that faster and faster. And it's it's just a simple matter of that muscle memory, just, just getting that wee bit sharper and, uh, you know, you reacting that wee bit quicker. Um, so as long as you've got the key skills and the confidence to get over it, I think you're you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, tell us about the pump track fence, fence jump you done at the the uh, first track enduro cup at Castlewell this year. Did, were you egged on to do that? Um, kind of, and not really. Uh, <laughs> it's in fairness, it's something I I have I have been doing that for years, you know. Um, and normally, if if I go up to if I go up into the park now. It's inevitable that if there's anybody there, they've either seen it or heard about it or something, and they, they keep asking me to do it. So I'd I'd say I've I've probably jumped that fence well over a hundred times, um, and yeah, it's uh, it's a different story whenever you're doing it in a race, you know, and you've you've just uh, you've just come down. I think that trail is, and in, in the race, I think it's roughly about two and a half minutes or so. You know, and it's a pretty flat trail. Whenever you've been standing on the bike, giving it stacks of effort for for two and a half minutes, uh, I tell you, you know about it. Um, and <laughs> to be honest, uh, I I was kind of I, I sacrificed the results a wee bit uh, in in the last because I've done it now the last two years in a row with that race, um, and I've kind of been sort of t- taking it on the on the chin with the results wise and just kind of sitting sitting down on the last couple of corners before i get to the pump track just to kind of get my breath back and kind of recover you know just before <laughs> in but i tell you one thing see as soon as you hear the crowd cheering it's uh it just gives gives you another lease of life and uh yeah you feel like superman you could do anything <laughs> uh, it's, it's great footage and when i first seen it i can't i think i've seen it from a, a couple of different angles when i first seen it i was like where's where is that he's jumping yeah. And then when I, when I seen it from the second angle, it kind of clicked and I knew where you were at. Um, yeah. But it just, yeah, like for me going around that pump track, I would never even imagine <laughs> to do anything. Like, like that would never even cross my mind that that would be doable. Well, I, well I, I must admit, I'm not the first person to do it. I think I'm the first person to do it on a mountain bike, but um, definitely young Alistair Barn and a lot of his friends I'm quite certain they they were one of the first people to spot the line and to do it on their BMXs. Um, and I I tell you one thing, that's really something to behold. If you if you see them guys doing it on their BMXs with no suspension and maybe throwing in a 180 to the mix or something, uh, that's uh, <laughs> that, that's where the big kahunas are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, so all the skills you do are really really cool and all, but is that just something you've practiced over the years or? You know, do you think of a certain thing you want to kind of master, and do you go out and just practice it and practice it? Yeah, of course. That's that's the way it started out. Whenever whenever I was younger, I guess I, I'd see all these videos from Danny McCaskill and Chris Ackrick and Martin Ashton and and Hans Ray. You know, I'd mm. see I'd see all all of these people doing these these crazy things on bikes. That you know, to my in my mind, it was all it was all doable because. Well, I guess I come, you know, I had the understanding of trials, but it was just trying to figure out how they were done 
whenever you were using your legs to you know and you were pedal power rather than mm-hmm. rather than the engine um but yeah like i say whenever i was whenever i was younger it was every day i'd finish school i'd be i'd grab the bike i'd drag it up into the town and i start playing around on walls you know sort of like starting off small if, if anybody ever sees at the, in the main car park in castle well beside the library there's a wee wall that starts beside the main road and it starts at maybe eight inches high and it goes right down to the bottom to where it's about a foot and a half high yeah and uh i'll tell you one thing that that wall is probably where i have learned 90 percent of the trials moves that, that i that i do um and that's where i've developed them you know starting small at the wee end trying to ride up onto it and then you know work progressing down onto the bigger end um and i'd say in in those early days there there was a a lot of frustration um you know with if if i see something and i can imagine it but it just doesn't quite work out in in practice um and then it maybe takes takes a good two or three hundred attempts to get it you know the uh the bike could be thrown down and a bit of a huff a few times before you, <laughs> <before> you get us. <laughs> Aye, because it's funny, you see the end product all the time and it just looks so polished. Of course. But, you know, when you watch videos from the likes of Danny McCaskill or some, sometimes they put in wee loops and, you know, you oh, yeah. you see the first eight or ten attempts beforehand and it never looks, it never looks that, yep. that uh, <laughs> nice to be fallen so many times, you know. Mm-hmm. No, it's absolutely crazy, and uh, I'll tell you one thing: if uh, if anything, it's good character building. You know, it uh, it definitely gives you the patience to get through an awful lot of things later on in life. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say the most difficult trick is you have in your bag at this time? Um, it's probably it's hard it's hard to put a name to it. I, don't, I can't even think of what uh, what Danny McGaskill and the guys would call it, but it's basically whenever you uh, stand stand on your front wheel and then spin the frame right the way around a bit like a a bit like a tail whip a bit like a sort of a BMX style tail whip and then you land back on the bike and maybe drop off a wall or something I'd say that's at the same time at the same time yeah that's the that's that's the one thing that I could probably try about 20 times and I maybe only get it twice out of the 20 times just because of how how difficult it is and just each time you try it it's you know you're on different terrain or or whatever the case may be you know there's always different variables you know the wind could be blowing in a certain direction that stops the frame coming around you know yeah uh, there, there's there's loads of different things that uh, that, that hinder that that being done but um it's one i guess uh, maybe i would be better at it if i had my trials bicycle with me here in spain and i practiced it more but it's the type of thing you just can't do on a mountain bike um just due to the the really short gear cables and brake cables and everything it doesn't allow the doesn't allow the bars to spin around freely so Mm -hmm. um yeah i'd say that's that's probably one of the hardest things that if i ever try to do it 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 takes me a fair few goes before i get it right (laughs) Cool. And is there any kind of trick you want to really master? What's next in your hit list? Well, it's it's maybe one that I've been I, I have been trying for a while, and it's the same thing, I guess. I I can get it sometimes, and there's there's other times I can't get it, and it's maybe due to a, a bit of an old wrist injury. But um, 
rolling backwards on the front wheel down a hill. You know, like you'd see uh, Danny McCaskill doing a lot, the rolling on the front wheel back. Yes. Um, it's just so hard to get that balance point, and especially on the mountain bike, whenever you've got the suspension and everything's moving around, you know, on the big knobbly tires, um, and the I guess the, the 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 size of the disc brakes we have on the bikes now, everything's so sharp. Uh, mm-hmm. It just it just it just there's no modulation in between, you know. You, it's it's very hard. To, it just throws the bike down straight away. Um, so I'd say that that's definitely one of the ones that I would like to master, but. It's one that I can't practice too much because whenever I start doing stuff like that on the front wheel, I, I get a really, really sore wrist within three or four attempts. And I, I don't know why. I just can't, can't get rid of it. Mm. Not so good. Mm. Aye, but that, yeah, like some of the stuff the guys are doing is just, it's just crazy. It's, you know, I, I notice a big thing now at the minute is guys doing bike flips and then landing straight into like a manual yes and just manual out of the bike flip and stuff like that like what yeah it's uh do you know what i've i've actually nearly done it unintentionally a few times when whenever i was learning to backflip um with the with the bmx it comes round a lot quicker. I first learned how to backflip on on the mountain bike for for a video that we that a, a video project that we was doing at the time and I was learning that into the foam pit with the mountain bike. Um, but then the first time I'd done it was onto a resi ramp and then onto wood. It was down in Dublin um, at a place called D10, I think it is. Um, oh, is that, oh, I know it. It's a big skate park as well. Yeah. A lot of skaters going, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but it has a wee resi ramp, so I went down to, to sort of, you know, try to get land the mountain bike onto, on, onto something solid before, uh, before attempting it in a forest. Um, but unfortunately, the the size of the place it was where the resi ramp was, it was set up for BMXs, obviously not mountain bikes. So um, I had to I had to start doing it on the BMX first. But after practicing on the mountain bike into the foam pit, you know the BMX comes around an awful lot quicker. So uh, I kind of was doing the same thing myself, backflipping and landing on the back wheel and kind of unintentionally manualing out of it. You know. It, uh, it was feeling great, but it, it certainly wasn't intentional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, at least you can take it off, you know, done, done that, uh, move yeah, on. Exactly, yeah. I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's, it's something I've been wanting to get back to with with the backflips, but it's, it's just so hard to, you know, I still haven't come across the perfect jump. Um, the one, the one that uh, we, we, we built one in Castle Wellens specifically for, uh, for the video, um and to be honest the takeoff was completely wrong (laughs) we tried to build it as close as possible to a skate park ramp um that i'd been practicing on but we just couldn't get the 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 soil to stack vertically properly you know so that we had a vertical takeoff so it was uh, slightly less than vertical and instead of going straight up in the air and landing pretty much at the top of the takeoff i actually traveled probably about 10 10 or 15 feet further than what i thought but i was upside down so uh it all it all worked out in the end but ever ever since then we haven't uh, i haven't got back to uh, to trying it if i had the perfect jump i'd love to get back to it but we just haven't quite found one yeah it's funny because i can do i can do a backflip on a snowboard right well, I, I I wouldn't even attempt it on a, on a, a bike, but 
people always say you spot your land and we see when I'm doing it in the snow I can't see a damn thing when I'm upside <laughs> down flying around I you know I'm just going with the feel of the thing yeah, yeah of course and I know the feeling whenever whenever you don't do it too many times that uh, the first couple of times anyway you, you you definitely it comes round and you haven't a clue what what's happening you may as well have closed your eyes but um yeah eventually it, it does slow down I, I guess with the bikes you know you're, you're going and that sort of it, it is a linear a linear motion you know uh, that linear direction that you're, you're traveling in so you are looking at, i don't know about I haven't, I haven't quite tried it on a snowboard myself but i'm sure you're you're kind of looking <laughs> to the side a wee bit or something i, I would imagine you know right, well, it's a wee bit well, you, spot i is that you just go up and you just tuck your arms on behind your knees and spin and hope right. for the best <laughs> I tell you what, I, I tried it uh, I, I, for for a, a few weeks. I was uh, a, a few friends and myself. We got into a bit of gymnastics and a, a bit of parkour sort of stuff, and we were going to uh, Salto, the gymnastics place in, in Lisburn, and uh, we were kind of you know thinking like, right, the the end goal here is to you know start doing backflips off stuff. But uh, it was then that I found out that I just don't have the the ankles to be doing backflips on my feet. Because I don't know how many times I sprint my ankle trying to do that there, you know, and it's just they're, uh, they're, they don't quite agree with uh, with sort of going over on them in any way, shape, or form these days. <laughs> no, man, just stay away from that stuff, I know. you know. No, but I've, I've, <laughs> I've a couple of friends who, who were able to do it back then, and they're, they're still kind of able to do it now, and every time we meet up and we go rock climbing or something, you know, uh, up in Tullymore in, in the indoor climbing place, you know, they decide to pull, pull the mats out and start backflipping off the mats. And uh, I, I just always chicken out of it. I just say, no, nah, lads, I'm all right. I like my ankles <laughs> the way they are, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, cool. So you uh, you race for the Fittest First Tracks team. Do indeed. Do indeed. Cool. So how did you fall in with them guys and with Glenn and stuff like that? Um, it, it, it all goes back, really, to... Well, I guess, it's, you know what, the very first time I met Glenn was whenever he was building the pump track in Castle Elm. Um, he was involved with the whole kind of design and building of the pump track there. And I had heard that uh, J-Mac was actually up helping him build. Um, well, I knew, I knew J-Mac. I didn't, I, didn't have a, I didn't know who Glenn, I didn't know Glenn. And to be honest, other than a few whispers of, you know, and, and winning a couple of races, I didn't really know who he was either. Um, but I heard J-Mac was there, and I thought, right, I was in I was in school. I was probably in sixth form at the time, and uh, I had the car in with me that day. And I, the, the, our high school was just out, out the back of uh, out the back of Castle Elm. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to... I don't have any more classes for the rest of the day here. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna run up to the pump track here and see what the boys are at and see what I can do. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first time I met Glenn, um, and ever since then, I guess we we we'd always been in touch. You know, whenever whenever we were doing races, I'd maybe you know chat with them here and there. Um, even though I'm saying that, I still we, I moved to Spain for a year in in between that and starting racing. And whenever I left school at 18, then I uh, I went on and, and moved to Spain, and that's where I started working as a guide. Um, mm-hmm. But whenever I moved home, because my girlfriend at the time she was going back to go to university at Queens, so um, I moved back as well and decided right, I'm going to give this this racing crack a go. 
Um, and yeah, it was it, it was great. I ended up I, I spent a winter training with with J Mac and and a couple of local guys. Um, and I was just going to enter into the the senior category. Mm-hmm. For, had come to the first round of Castle Wellen, which was the first year Glenn had ever run the race series. Um, mm-hmm. But I got a J-Mac and, and Glenn, after being out with them a couple of times, they, they managed to coax me into entering straight into the pro category, you know. Um, my plan was, was always to kind of just start off in, in seniors and try and sort of get my name out there and then, you know, maybe move into the pros the next year. But um, yeah, they, they convinced me straight into the, the elite category, and uh, lo and behold, my first race I ended up on the podium in third. Uh, wow! Behind uh, well, Keelan Grant that uh, won it that day with his uh, <laughs> his his racing enduro line, shall, shall we say? Uh, <laughs> he, <laughs> he laughs. We'll never let it go to this day, you know. Even though it was it was four years ago or something, we'll still uh, we'll still keep him going about these big cut lines that he was taking that day. Was he just cutting off corners he, and stuff? He was cutting off a couple of pretty big corners, and I think he ended up getting a, a minute time penalty for it that day. Um, but he, he, in fairness, he, he probably he would have won the event even if it wasn't for cutting off that corner. So I think it was a it was a bit unfair, I guess, that he got such a big penalty. But that's that's the way it goes. But um, yeah, it, it was amazing to be Keelan Grant won that day with Kipper Christopher McAlinsky in in second, um, and then myself in in third. Um, and I tell you one thing, I certainly was not expecting that uh, to enter my first my first race, essentially. You know that I was that I was going to try and take things seriously, um, and to be straight on to the podium. Uh, I I was kind of looking at the number of pros that were entering, and every time I, I seen somebody else's name on the list, I was kind of like, oh god, there's there's that boy's on, on riding now. There's there's my name dropping another position on this list, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was a big shock to, to finish the finish the day in third, um, but ever since then that that whole year I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't riding for Glen, but we would have uh, we would have done a lot of traveling to races together, you know, such as the the Enduro World Series in Scotland. That was probably my first trip with with the the first tracks gang, um, uh, and ever since then we, we've pretty much been sort of one big happy family. Um, I, I would have always, even like I say, whenever I wasn't part of the team, I, I would have went and, and tried to help out with the races as much as possible. You know, whether it be from from doing a bit of trail digging before the before the event, or taping off, or just tidying up afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was kind of, I guess, my my way in. It was, it just, it kind of felt natural, I guess, that at the end of the year, then Glenn, Glenn asked me to come on board officially as uh, as part of the team. Very good, very good. And you still, even though you're in Spain now, you still come over for the races for the first tracks races, don't you? But indeed. Um, I mean, uh, I've I I didn't quite um, expect to be setting up this company last year. Whenever you know, whenever everything was starting to be planned, so um, you know. I guess that's what I was going to be doing was was a, the occasional bit of guiding for a couple of companies down here and then you know mm-hmm. but but racing took priority um, and to be honest when I say racing took priority I've been over the last year I've been trying to ease ease back from the racing 
um, I, I guess I find it quite a quite a stressful thing to be doing these days, you know. Um, so like I, I I prefer the the kind of style of riding, like the trialsy stuff and doing all the wee the wee photo shoots and the wee videos and stuff, um, and and kind of get getting it out there that way. Um, but definitely, I mean, you know, Glenn Glenn was running the series and I had won it for the previous two or three years, maybe. Not too sure. I'd put put it this way: there hasn't up until now there hasn't been another winner of the series. So uh, <laughs> I guess it was kind of only natural that uh, I try to I try to keep that. Um, but I must say, by the looks of it, this year, um, old, old old man O'Brien is uh, is making a making a pretty big comeback, you know. <laughs> Aye, he he's going to go out with a bang. He'll retire. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He just uh, he just keeps finding the energy from somewhere. He he, uh, he has such a uh, such a love for for racing that um, he's such a, comp- a competitive spirit, you know. Yeah. It does, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a stone throwing competition or rock paper scissors. The man's as competitive <laughs> as the dang. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he's uh, he's definitely he's put a lot of effort into it this year. Uh, a lot more than I have. I can certainly certainly tell you that. I uh, I, I had the laugh at the, uh, the I was listening to J Max podcast. Um, of uh, whenever whenever you had it out, and. Mm-hmm. Um, had to laugh at him saying that I would be a be be pretty big competition for the series this year. You know that I've I've been on a, a pretty long holiday where I've been training flat out. You know, <laughs> I was kind of laughing to myself as I was driving along in the van because uh, it it just wasn't the case. I've been um, I've been guiding away, and whenever you're guiding, it's uh, it's a different story. You may be out on your bike for for five or six hours in the day, but you're you're certainly by no means training. You know. Uh-huh. Um, so I've just been kind of taking it easy and um, doing it, like I said, doing all the wee photos and video shoots, which uh, which I enjoy doing. Um, yeah. Rather than rather than putting my my body through all of the stresses of doing so many hill intervals and getting into the gym and doing a doing a few circuit training classes and all of this sort of stuff, you know, I think I've, uh, I'm starting to ease back out of that. <laughs> I and I think also you know to be fair on yourself if you've been guiding most of the week as well, it's going to be hard to motivate yourself to get into a gym or to go back on the bike and do uphill you know stuff and all this carry on. So yeah, I can understand that sure. for sure. I'll tell you one thing. I, I I learned that the first year the first year I was guiding over here. Um, I I was working down on the coast not far from Malaga, and um. I definitely I had maybe the, the season the season here lasts for about ten months, so that's pretty much from the start of September right the way through to the end of June. Mm-hmm. Um, July and August it's it's pretty darn hot, um, yeah. and you, you don't really want to be you don't want to be out midday riding bikes over here. Um, but we when I was working there because because of my age I couldn't get insurance on the van. Um, or the the company couldn't get me insured on the van, so so I was the one kind of, well, drawing the short straw, I guess, if you want to call it that. And I was uh, I was on on the bike pretty much five days a week. So, in in a way, I'm not going to say it was a bad thing, um, because it certainly gave me the base level of fitness to to go on to to kind of start racing back at home the following season. 
you know, with at the level that I was at. Um, but definitely, you're whenever you've been out riding your bike for ten months, working for nonstop, you, you do kind of uh, you you lose a bit of a bit of love and a bit of interest for it. Um, mm-hmm. But in saying that. This year, I've I've definitely it's it's a lot better now that um you know I've I'm working in a in a few I was working anyway and, and with a couple of different companies that were a lot more sort of laid back and relaxed and uh, you know it wasn't uh, week in week out that I was uh, that I was on the bike so whenever I wasn't on the bike I did want to get out and do my own stuff you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, certainly and do you enjoy living in Spain? Will you come back? Do you think, or I might come back for the occasional first tracks race? <laughs> <laughs> You'll not get that out of your blood. You'll no, not get that out of your blood. I tell you, um, yeah, it's like I say. I mean, I I lived here when I was when I was really well when I was really young. Whenever I was about from six years old to I was about ten. So, uh, and, and back then I, I went to a completely Spanish primary school. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty fluent in the language. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I've, you know, I, I had a fair few friends down here and I've now made even more friends within the mountain bike community. So, um, definitely, I've, I've, as soon as I moved back over here, I felt, I felt like I was home again, you know. Um, mm. I, I didn't really... Uh, I didn't really feel like a like I'm I'm getting homesick while I'm here. You know, it's uh, it definitely feels like I'm in the right place now, um, and it's definitely it's 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 a lot more enjoyable whenever you can you can plan stuff well in advance, and you're you're pretty much guaranteed to have the the good weather to be able to do the stuff that you want to do. You know, whenever it comes to photo shoots or video shoots and all of that type of stuff. You know, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. So. Let's chat about your new your new company. It's called Enduro Malaga. Enduro Malaga. That is the one. EnduroMalaga.com for anybody wanting to uh, look it up. But I'll put the links in all the show notes and stuff like that. Um, so that's quite exciting. So you've obviously, you were guiding before for a, a couple of different companies. So what made you want to go out on your own then? Well, to be honest, it's a, it's a pretty... It feels like a pretty natural thing for me. Um, whenever my careers advisor in school asked me what I wanted to do, uh, I guess I used to say that I, I wanted to take the likes of Tullymore National Outdoor Centre and uh, you know open something like that up in Spain. Um, and I guess now that I, I found my niche within the within the mountain bike market, um, I definitely I'm, I'm focusing on on that side of things. So it. it it wasn't really a, you know, something that I had just dreamt up overnight and thought, you know what, this will be a good idea. Let's do this. You know, it's been, mm-hmm. been many years I've been thinking about doing this sort of stuff. Um, and yeah, working working with uh, so many different companies over the years, um, I've definitely got a good understanding as to how to run a pretty damn good uh, mountain bike holiday. Um, I'm, I'm the type of person, whenever I first started guiding, uh, I, I had already ridden with um, a lot of different guides in the past. I'd been on mountain bike holidays myself, and um, I'd seen what was good and bad about each one and tried to take all of the good bits and put it into one package. Uh, mm-hmm. So now I guess it's uh, it's pretty much just 
about trying to replicate that, only putting it into a company. Um, so it, I, the thing that really sparked it off um, this year, um, I guess it was a it was a number of different things, a number of different planets aligning that uh, <laughs> that kind of made the recipe uh, something that would work. Um, number one, I guess, was uh, my my girlfriend Laura at the minute, who who I met back in January over here. Um, she's she's a lovely German girl who is pretty fluent in about six languages. Wow. So um, she she's uh, the type of girl. She actually used to pretty much uh, manage um, the bike channel that was on Sky for a while. Okay, yeah, yeah, um, cool. And it was actually whenever she left that uh, the, she had all of the information pretty much in her head. So <laughs> that was maybe one of the reasons why it went down the tubes. But uh, <laughs> our loss is our gain. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's uh, she, she is a pretty good, uh, pretty good knowledge of, of how to run stuff, you know. And uh, she's really good with the the customer services end of things. Um, so a lot of the times, whenever it comes to the, the booking processes, she she's really really efficient and really on the ball with that. Um, not to mention the fact that she can do it in six languages, which is which is handy. Yeah, <laughs> it's always nice mm-hmm. whenever you're booking something. You know, it's it's good to do it in your own language. At least you understand everything, and you know. Yeah. Um, so that being one thing, the the next thing was that. A friend who who I was doing a good bit of work with um, over the winter uh, was looking to was looking to maybe maybe sell his his mountain bike company, um, and he, he offered it to me because uh, we were kind of in in I, w- I wouldn't really say partnership but uh, I, I was helping them out I was uh, I was helping to try to get more people over for him. So mm-hmm. I guess in return I would have benefited because I would have been the one doing the guiding. Um, but uh, I think in in the end we couldn't really come to an agreement that worked for for both of us. And he, mm-hmm. to be honest, he, he didn't he, he hadn't quite had enough yet. He wanted to uh, he wanted to keep it keep it going and uh, keep doing the guiding himself. He still seen the seen the benefits in it, but. Um, he proposed to me that uh, that I start start up my own company, um, and I started looking into things and uh, realized more and more what the what the potential for it was, um, and tried to figure out you know this is what what I had to get my head around was the the whole Spanish legal system and how to set yeah. up a company, especially one that works within within the great outdoors, I guess you know, and in, in round the mountains. Um, and the different licenses and insurances and everything that you need to have. So um, it was a. It certainly wasn't an easy job, but luckily enough, I guess, with through myself and Laura being able to speak Spanish, we uh, we were able to we were able to get it sorted out, you know. Uh, yeah. So now we now we have in in Juro Malaga, up and running. So um, we're we're taking took taking bookings at the minute to that kind of start from this September coming. Um, once once the kind of the weather cools down a wee bit, um, I've had a couple of guys that have just been out on on day trips and stuff. But it's uh, it's really a matter of of starting super early in the morning and getting out and riding the trails and uh, getting back before uh, before it really heats up, you know. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Like uh, I think it was thirty two here today. 
that's that's and, uh, that's that's a winter's day <laughs> i like you know that you couldn't do that in a bike for any length of time it's just grueling so, yeah yeah we're we are we're definitely hitting the low 40s here on the coast at the minute uh, oh, you're getting blasted at the moment. Yeah, on inland we were uh, we were up in we were up in Sevilla there the other day or Seville as most uh, most people would call it and uh, and um, oh my goodness the the heat and and like inland away from the coast is just immense. It is a, it is an oven, you know. We were uh, we were sitting we were in a in a, a supermarket where it was nice and air conditioned and you you walk outside and you collapse, you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> just crazy so bright, but that's all yeah fun. yeah yeah definitely so you um i was on your website earlier there um great looking website really well laid out loads of info there and um thank you very much really really easy to navigate and stuff like that so congrats on that now i'm really I glad noticed... you think so because um I had never built a website before, and uh, I think Laura had had played around with her own with her her language teaching uh, website, but um, that was completely done just by the two of us in house sitting down around the table, playing around, clicking on buttons, trying to see what worked. And <laughs> yeah, really, that wow! I I wouldn't have guessed that. What platforms that on? That's uh, just Wix. Wix doc. Right. Very good. Mm. Very, very good. Aye, well done. No, I, I think it's really good. Um, and I noticed on it you're doing three different types of holiday, if you like. So you're doing the enduro, you're doing the downhill, you're doing the XC kind of stuff. Yeah, sort of like a, a trail all mountain sort of sort of style mm-hmm. thrown in there as well. And that's I, I guess if if you want to look at it as in another way, the, the trail all mountain sort of XC style that's kind of more for your you know maybe your beginner level, somebody that wants to. Uh, come out and just enjoy themselves do some flowy trails you know nothing too technical um, mm-hmm. I mean the, the, th- sorry, the thing is every single group is different um, so every single holiday is completely tailored 100% to the group in question um, so that means you know you give me a, a rough idea before you come out as to what type of holiday you're looking for that way it means we can we can group people together better um if, it, mm-hmm. if it's if it's your own group that's coming out where it, you know if it's six or seven of you um then that's perfect because you already know each other's riding abilities um and you know what everybody wants you know so it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot easier to organize but um just the, the different categories it gives me a good idea if we have singles booking together um, you know, if we or if we have singles, or you know, maybe a, two, a group of two or three, and another group of two. You know, if we join them together, will it work? You know, and um, so it gives me gives me just a, a rough idea. But pretty much every, every week's different, um, and we ride the trails that are suitable for the group, um, and try to make it the most fun possible for each and every person. Yeah, it's cool. And I seen you do kind of. If you want to do a wee bit of downhill and a wee bit of trail, you can kind of just sort that out and, and let them do a wee bit of both, which I think is really cool. That's it. That's it. So, I mean, pretty much, if you wake up that day and you tell me, right, where the legs are feeling tired, we just want to do uplifts, not a problem. Come on ahead and we'll, we'll get the van packed up and we'll go to uh, a trail that we can uplift to the top of and you can drop in and do as many runs as that there as you want in the day. 
um, or if you want to do maybe a morning session where you know we maybe do a little bit of a pedal and then we drop in a wee bit of an adventure I guess that's that's what that's what I like to call them over here because uh, I mean doing the uplifts solely uplifts is great it's good fun but you don't get to explore the same way that you're you're able to on, on an enduro bike as such you know we can we can get the van up pretty high over here we can drive pretty much to 1100 meters on most mountains so you know we, we can get up pretty high and then we can pedal out maybe do a bit of a traverse from the van for about half an hour and then that gets us into some of the real sort of back country trails you know the the sort of hidden sweet single track that the locals would ride you know mm-hmm. yeah cool and i suppose you know all them being out there for a good while and yeah that's it i mean the the other good thing that kind of sets us apart from a, a lot of the other companies is you know well being the fact that i speak spanish as well and um, that I, I i go and i participate in a lot of local spanish races um it, it means I, i've made a lot of local friends not not, not just here to malaga you know maybe a wee bit further afield but um, I always go and I'm out riding with them and sharing stories of places to ride and, you know, um, we're, we're always kind of getting the up-to-date information on, on where the new trails are happening, you know. Um, so it's it's good, whereas there's, uh, you know, maybe some of some of the other companies, they're, they're quite set in their ways. They have the trails that they use and, and that's it. Whereas, you know, whenever you're out riding with locals, your knowledge of trails is just constantly expanding and it just gives you that that sort of reach you know or that uh, that potential with a group that um you're 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 not limited to the number of trails that you can do mm-hmm, certainly and the trails out there nathan would they be all more natural rather than you know specifically built for mountain biking they are indeed i mean there's there I, I, I was going to say there's no such thing as a trail center here yet. That that would yeah. would kind of uh, we we we've got some word over the last week actually that one of the local councils is talking about developing about 150 kilometers of marked trails in the area Good. for mountain biking. So that's a pretty big trail network. You know, even if that means they're just using the the trails that are currently here and just tidying them up. You know, that that would be absolutely superb. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're it's it's quite uh, natural raw terrain, you know. If if nature intended it to be here, it's here. Um, we do have uh, a lot of a lot of trails nowadays that are, are, I guess, being more manicured by by myself and and a lot of the locals. You know, um, I like to get out and do a fair bit of work on the trails here. You know, I only feel like it's it's right to be giving back to the local community, especially if I'm out ripping the trails apart. You know sliding around them and having fun you know i may as well get back out and cut a few spiky bushes back and you know uh smooth pull, pull a few rocks off the trail and stuff like that there yeah. so um it's there's there's a great variety as well that's 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 the main thing um we go over to the east eastern side of malaga over towards sort of the, the montes de malaga and it's kind of a more more of a forested loamy sort of a feel a bit a bit like home in, in places um, but still just, just super, super dry. Um, and we, we go sort of in around the, the, the local areas where I shot a wee video there last week. Um, and it's just a real sort of raw, rocky terrain, you know, where it's all loose rock and nothing, nothing's been touched at all. I, 
I wouldn't say an awful lot of people ride it, and it's they're not really trails that we would bring an awful lot of people on, just because it's it's maybe a wee bit too intimidating, especially if you're not mm. used to the terrain. Um, I love it. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's good fun to play around on all of the loose stuff every now and again. But uh, then, you know, we, we go on over further west and we get into more sort of smooth, rolly, you know, not too rocky, but maybe still some, some nice steep trails and stuff. Um, so there, there's such a vast variety that uh, we can we can pretty much cater for, for anybody, you know, right through from beginners. And the, the thing is that um, with the holidays as well, uh, it's something that I kind of I've naturally been doing for years but uh, you know if anybody's ever out riding with me if I can if I see something that uh, can possibly help them uh, bring their riding on a wee bit um, I'm, I'm not I'm not usually afraid to uh, to bring it up you know um, so I, I have on the website there at the minute and uh, like I say I kind of do it naturally but it's it's complimentary coaching yeah uh, mm-hmm. And you know, it's just it's it's always nice if you're able to come on holiday and and not only you know have a great time but develop your skills a wee bit. That whenever you come home, you know you're you're able to kind of go and shred the trails a wee bit quicker yourselves. You know, and maybe maybe shave a few seconds off them Strava times. You know. Oh, I think it's I think it's important. You go out to somewhere you know like yourself to enjoy yourself, but if you can come back a better rider, sure it's. It's what it's all about, you know. That's the thing. We also, uh, we also like. I've kind of got into the the photography a wee bit over the last uh, over the last few months, um, and it's it's good. I, I I basically carry a camera with me now um, with any groups that I that I'm out with. So we always get lots of lots of snaps of um, of everybody enjoying themselves out on the trails. Um, and it's always nice that whenever you're you're out on holiday, you know you have a couple of half decent photos to bring back, you know, and um, not not just a, a shaky head cam of a trail that just looks flat, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, them GoPros love to make things oh, look flat. That's, that's the story of my life. That's that's why, to be honest, you don't you you wouldn't see me putting anything up that that is like a, a you know a head camera on of of a trail just because. Um, you know, it, it may be good to kind of go like, yeah, look, this is, you know, this is this trail and it's like this. But, all, you know, other than that, there, uh, the only thing I use it for is learning tracks whenever it comes to races. So, mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Now, I want to talk to you about your pricing because mm. it's very, very competitive. It is. I mean, you know, it's... Uh, it's it's something that has been pulled up an awful lot. People keep telling me like, oh, but your 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 prices you're you're so cheap there. You know, people might think that it's you know people might think that it's going to be rubbish at such a cheap price. But you know, I, I'm not I'm not out here. You know, I don't need a lot to to survive over here or you know to to sort of earn a bit of a living. I'm you know I'm not greedy about it all. Um, the prices that there are on the website, that's for uh, the the guiding and transport and uplifts and all of that sort of thing. Um, you know, the accommodation would be separate, but the, the, the beauty about down around here is that, you know, accommodation in the off season, which is our riding season, I guess, uh, whenever we're operating, is, is dirt cheap. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy to think that you could... You could get a, a pretty nice hotel down five-minute walk from the beach 
down in Fuengarola for about 80 euros per person for five nights of staying. What? 80 euros for to stay for five. That's that's our long weekend. So that's, you know, whenever someone stays for, for a long weekend, it's sort of four days of riding. So that's five nights staying. And yeah, it's about 80 euros per person sharing for for a, a pretty nice hotel down on down on the coast and we've even teamed up with uh well i say teamed up we have a couple of contacts here that um you can get accommodation in a villa uh up in the mountains not far from uh mijas pueblo if anybody's ever heard of mijas i'm sure it's a it's a pretty nice sort of traditional spanish whitewash village um, but just five minutes walk outside of that village, we have a friend has a villa there, and the accommodation there is even cheaper again. Um, the only the only thing is you're a wee bit maybe outside of the town, down in Fingerola, you know you can walk into the town and you've you've all of the the restaurants and pubs and bars and you know all of the nightlife there as well. So it's you know it's it's great and it's it's the type of place that if you're coming over and you're bringing you know family that are are non bikers. Um, you know, there's there's plenty of things in the area to keep them going as well. You know, and uh, for them to have a, a great weekend out of it. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly, is 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 cheap. And what what's the flights kind of roughly on average? Um, they're not expensive. It, are they? Well, we had a couple of guys from home just booked flights yesterday, and they were from Belfast International to Malaga, was something like fifty pounds return. So and and believe me, that's expensive. With <laughs> uh, with a couple of couple of guys come over just to visit me, a couple of friends um, last last winter, and I, I think it was something. I think they got some ridiculous offer. You know, w- within two weeks of the flight, they got some ridiculous offer of like twenty two quid return or something like that. Uh, oh I mean, obviously you have to add your bike on top of that, but um, you know, with it being, you know, it's for what seven seventy euros each way for 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 you to bring your bike over. You know, if you were to rent that there, it's uh, you know, you're you're more you're better off bringing your own bike and uh, feel comfortable and know what it's going to do. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly. And I meant to like ask ask. That's crazy. You can have a really cheap holiday for a week there. You can indeed. I mean, with like I said, with the group that just booked yesterday for November, um, and I worked it out for them there there yesterday that it was it was going to be roughly around the four hundred pounds for five days here. You know, for that's mm-hmm. that's their flights, their accommodation, the uplifted and guiding, and you know all of that sort of stuff. We provide a lot of breakfast supplies as well and sort of refreshments and drinks and everything for whenever you're out on the trails, you know. So, you know, cheapest chips doesn't even doesn't even get near it. <laughs> no, it's fantastic. And, you know, it's just making me think then, your friend that you, you, you guide it for in the past was wanting to sell his, his company. Was that due to lack of business or was he just over it and wanting to do something else? What, what was the meaning behind that? It was um, a little bit of both. They, they had just started, they'd sort of, they've been going for maybe two years now. Um, and don't get me wrong, they they built up a you know they built up a, a, a wee bit of a client database. You know they, they had a fair few people, but um, a lot of it, funny enough, a lot of their their customers were actually um, from Ireland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that was that was the ones that were seeing 
seeing all of the the social media posts that that I had been putting up about uh, about Bike Holiday Spain. Um, so that that was that was who it was, was Bike Holiday Spain. Who like I had done a, I had done a good bit of work for them, um, and that was that was the other thing I guess. Our our prices are actually just just match just matching matching theirs. Um, and I mean, it's abs- it's absolutely great. We we had a couple of a couple of groups out were were loving it, um, but yeah, it just wasn't quite getting enough. Um, so now, thankfully, with my with I guess the bit of a profile that I've got, um, I've been able to kind of get it out there. Um, and there's a couple of different bits and pieces should pop up on the the first tracks page over the over the next couple of weeks as well. Um, and hopefully we'll get a couple of competitions running, and that that'll just uh, hopefully spread the word even more. Um, mm-hmm. I'm quite lucky lucky in the res- in respect actually that um, I am teaming up. Well, I say teaming up. Um, are there, there is another company that was operating down here on the coast um, who this year are not going to be coming back, um, and I've worked a wee bit of a deal with them as well. So. That'll that'll hopefully get us going. Um, and they've already got groups. They've they've been operating down here for for many many years. Um, and I've I I've known the I know the guy that runs it pretty well. So he's been he's been quite quite happy to uh, pass any inquiries that he's getting on this way. So I really appreciate that there from him, and um, you know, in exchange for a wee bit of commission, if we can, if we can all work together in, in ways, um, even even James with Bike Holiday Spain. I mean, I'll I'll still be I'll still be working with him. Um, you know, this was one of the one of the reasons why we decided to you know to set up my own company as well, uh, instead of just taking over his. I guess we can hopefully drum up double the business between us. So. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a great believer in, in working with people instead of you know creating competitors that we're, we're trying to fight against um, so like I say I'm the type of person I'm not trying to be greedy out of it um, I just want to kind of put on a half decent uh, mountain bike holiday that is sort of you know uh, the cliche saying I guess would be by riders for riders but uh, that's, yeah. that's essentially what it is you know and do you think will will Vitus or anybody help you out a wee bit there, or? Um, well, to be awfully honest, I'm I'm yet to ask. Um, I'd I'd say yes, we w- we will certainly work together. Um, in some way, shape, or form down the lines. Uh, mm-hmm. I have no intentions of of leaving Vitus in any way, shape, or form. I am happy and content with with absolutely everything that's uh, that goes on there. Uh, and, and it's 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 great to have the the support from them guys. You know, a lot of them they're they're all writers themselves. You know, um, they all know the crack. Um, and yeah, it'll be it'll be really good to work with them down the line. Even when it comes to whenever we start to grow a wee bit, I'll, I'll think about it. get a, a fleet of rental bikes in. Um, no doubt they'll they'll be uh, they'll be from Vitus. So um, yeah, no, it, it's. Uh, it's definitely something that I'll be I'll be looking looking forward to working with them in the future. I it, it sounds awesome, and um, you're in a great area there for it too. And you well, you've been working at it, you know, for a long time. Yeah. So, you know, as you say, you just didn't jump into it and think this would be something cool to do. So, um, mm-hmm. I think I think you'll do really well. I really do. Thank you very much. I uh, certainly hope so. I mean, I've uh, I've I've had a fair few 
people that are involved in the the world of mountain bike holidays as well you know different guides and stuff and uh, a lot of them have said the same thing so it's it's definitely a, a great confidence booster whenever someone does say that there you know and it's much appreciated mm. Yeah, no. And will you be bringing in other guides, Nathan? Certainly will. I mean, as soon as, at, at the minute, to, to start things off, uh, I'm going to keep it a, as, as small as possible and just be myself and Laura and not try to uh, jump ahead and, you know, pull in as many groups as we can and have too much work that we can't handle it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But the I have a couple of local guys in the area that um, are qualified guides and they know the place and they, they, they know the whole setup. So if we have any, for whatever reason, if we need to split groups, that's not a problem. You know, we have people here on hand that can get that sort of out. But the long-term goal is, I guess, uh, at the minute we've only got the one van operating and then... Uh, in the long-term goal, it'll have it be to have two vans going. That'll be two drivers, two guides, and ideally, I'd like to have somebody involved in a bit of trail maintenance. You know, whether that be that maybe when we're quiet, the guides go out and do the trail maintenance, or you know, have someone that is specifically five days a week up working on the trails, clearing back, clearing rocks off. You know, it's it's what the area really needs, and it's you know it's it's what I've had so many groups out on on certain trails where I've been like, oh god, I wish that was cut back, or I wish that there was raked out, and I I just haven't had the time to go up and do it. Um, yeah. So the idea, long term goal, yes, is to have a, a full team um, who will be living in the area and working around, and I guess e- even even longer term again will be to have our own villa somewhere set up that um we can we can provide the accommodation and everything as well so um it's yeah one package so people just they basically book their flights and don't worry about anything pretty much i mean to be honest at the minute it's the same sort of story you know i'll i'll help out with absolutely everything i can but i say i myself and laura (laughs) laura yeah, <laughs> you know she's the brains behind the operation. I guess you know. Well, I know what I'm doing when it comes to bikes and where to go and what's happening. But uh, yeah, she's the real, the real, uh, the real brains. Um, so yeah, no, we we'll certainly dedicate 100 percent to trying to help everybody out and getting their their holiday sorted as stress free as possible. Um, so yeah, certainly. Sounds amazing. Um, so how can people best find you, Nathan? Where can they go and where can they look at to best find what you're doing and what you're up to? Um, yeah, well, I guess for Enduro Malaga, well, we, we have uh, enduromalaga.com, as you've, you've already said. Um, we also have uh, Facebook and Instagram accounts set up in Enduro Malaga. So that would be Enduro Malaga MTB for Instagram and just Enduro Malaga for, for Facebook. And, and I guess myself personally, uh, I'm on Facebook as I've, I've three or four different. I've got my own page, which is just, <laughs> just Nathan McComb. Um, uh, work away. I've, I always accept any, any genuine friend requests. Uh, even if I don't know them, if I see that they're a real person, I'm happy enough. Um, <laughs> uh, well, well, I can stick the relevant links on the show notes. Sure, I'll go from there. Perfect. Not a worries. Um, uh, so that's good. Aye. So here, listen. Thanks so much for coming on, and 
it's been awesome to chat to you and i really really hope things go well for you there and you have a great season and stuff thank you very much bud thank you very much that's uh, that's much appreciated and the same to yourself i've uh, i've enjoyed watching mtv tribe growing so far so it'll uh, i'm sure it'll keep growing no end Aye, well, we'll we'll hope we'll we hope so. Um, it's just a hobby, really. At the end of the day, you know, it's one of those things. But it's opened the likes of you and Glenn and the mountain bike industry up to me, so I get to chat to you guys. So it's not a bad pastime, yeah. you know. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's been a good chat so far. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Well, here I'll not keep you any longer. Um, so thanks so much for coming on, Nathan. I really do appreciate it. And here. Them holidays are dirt cheap. I'm going to have to go over there. Certainly. I mean, you're not far away, so... (laughs) (laughs) All right, bud. It's good to speak to you. I'll chat Yeah, thank you. Cheers, Gareth. That's a wrap for episode 109, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. And Nathan, it was great to chat back in the day, and I know we've been emailing back and forth there a couple of times before this episode went out so thanks so much for doing everything you have been doing for the scene in Ireland and what you're doing in Malaga. I know a lot of the guys from Ireland have went over there and visited you and I think they absolutely love it over there man so you're doing something right that's for sure just keep doing it and I hope to visit you in the near future now folks if you want to know more about Nathan more about Enduro Malaga just go to the MTB Tribe show notes you will get them simply by going to mtb-tribe.com search for Nathan's episode episode number 109 and you will get all the info you need there quick links to the social pages that Nathan has and you'll also get a quick link just to listen to the show from the website plus other resources there videos and stuff like that Now, if you enjoy the show and you want to support the show, the best way is by subscribing, rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts because every one of your ratings helps us boost on Apple's algorithms and helps spread the good word about the show to more people. If you're not on Apple, you can also find us and subscribe via Stitcher, Spotify and Podbean. We also have a website, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete back catalogue, listen and download every show. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the show and a short synopsis of who is coming on that week. You can also get involved on social media at MTB Tribe on Instagram and Facebook. Take screenshots and help share the show and just let your friends know that the show is out there. If there's an episode you think they may be interested in, just point them our way and let them know about the podcast. That's the best way to grow the show. It's just via word of mouth. And at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is get people off the sofa and onto saddles and out at the weekend and enjoying themselves. So thanks for getting involved and thanks for being part of the MTB Tribe podcast. That's it for this week, folks. I will be back next week with another new episode of the MTB Tribe podcast. Until then, out in the trails and stay MTB stoked.